Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads. We are back with the Redheads Book Club September episode for the August book. Very confusing. Hey, ladies. How you doing? Hey. How's everyone feeling today? I'm feeling rejuvenated. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm just like on the bright side of things. Oh my gosh. Are you inspired by this month's book? No, but I should be. I was a little inspired, like... A little. I was like in, in theory, but in practice, no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, but I, I did like what the book stood for. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah. How are you doing, Bex? Oh, I'm doing really well, you know, just, I just took a two-week vacation, which was really lovely. I feel rejuvenated, but I could do another two to three months. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's where I'm at, but appreciative of this great weather um, and just feeling more positive especially after this mood booster of a book it really was a mood booster i feel like it's gonna be a funny episode i think it will too because it's definitely lighter than some of the literature we've been reading thank you dana <laughs> and also because i think we're gonna have some descending opinions namely between rebecca and the snitch I think what? you'll be surprised. I, I might agree with you. Honestly, like, when are we not the two dissenting? <laughs> no, honestly, like, this is our. This it's is entertainment. Our, exactly. So it's fine. Yeah, we're made to do this. Yeah. Dana, how are you doing? I'm good. I just walked all the way here from my apartment, which is like 40 blocks, and I didn't wear a bra because that's just not part of my quarantine vibe. So I'm a little sweaty, but no regrets. I'm and so it was I'm the most exercise I've gotten in months. I don't think I've ever asked you how you're doing without you giving us like TMI about your bodily functions. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually so outrageous. Oh, and it's like only like, Josh hears it now. I don't want to like him. get into it, but like, how how is that comfortable for your boobs for 40 blocks? I have really perky boobs. So do Not I, for but long. like it wouldn't be, it would, still wouldn't be enjoyable. I'm so used to it at this point, I think. I truly have Did not you wear bras, bras to work? March. Oh yeah, but that was March 13th. Right, <laughs> right, right. When, what's work? Actually, right. I'm not wearing a bra either. Okay, I'm wearing a Skims like comfort bra. No, I'm wearing a fucking bra. No, no, no. I, I don't do cups anymore, but I do go for, you know, a little support. I don't want to no, scar anyone. <laughs> well, I'm glad we are all here together to talk about this book that was a snitch's choice. And you know what? The pressure, it was there for the snitch. Because it really was. The snitch's choices are the most popular. Bright side, I've been reading the reviews and so many people loved it. So many people, dudes, were just... Like, a little annoyed by it. A hundred percent, which I completely get. But it, the book also, in and of itself, like, besides the redheads, has, like, a cult following. Yes. Oh, my God. There's Facebook yes. support groups. I was looking online for, like, content for the Instagram. There's Brightsiders. It's a Facebook support group for people who are, like, so impacted by this book. And mind you, the book came out several years yeah, ago. Yeah, 2014. Just when I thought I couldn't be more disappointed by humanity. <laughs> wow. Wow. I just so don't understand. Are the Brightsiders 11? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. This book really does have a cult following and I and I do sort of get it but I also think that that is extreme yeah I yeah 
I agree. Honestly, my mom is a bright side. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So is your mom 11, right? <laughs> no, she's like the most amazing human in the world. So now I get it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Some it's like, people are, it's, I think maybe it's about your mindset. Positive people. I think it's your mindset of like who you are when you're reading the book. Like all of us are such fucking like naysayers. Terrible people. And like see the worst in everything. So you're like, oh, she's happy? Fuck her. You know? Whereas other yeah. people are like, wow, that's so inspiring. Yeah. You're right. You're I think right. I think you're right. Even though I was inspired by her, I think we're just like trash people. I mean, we're cynics. And, and, and we're like this can't be possible. Yeah. We are extremely cynical. We're such critics. Yeah. yeah. We were born to rip this book. No, I mean, I really liked the book. We'll get into everyone's overall thoughts and then, of course, all of the questions and the deep themes and the deeper meanings. But if you did not read along with us or you read it a few years ago, forgot it, here's how it goes. This is the story of girl goes to college under what we, the reader, are starting to see are some interesting circumstances. Mm -hmm. There's something we don't know about her, but we know that there's something that we don't know. She goes to college. She's living out the dream. She's a very positive, sweet, cool, like everything of the sort sort of girl. Everyone who comes in contact Uh, with her, like, loves her. She is beautiful yes her, she has a best friend named gus he calls her bright side hence the name of the book gus also happens to be a rock star of course um, and also <laughs> the main character bright side her name is kate katie. katie what do you guys call her katie no she's such a kate that's kate. something that really irritated no, me no but her is name that, is like, katie let's just slap on as many nicknames as we can <laughs> but, like, her name is kate it's Katie. I, don't we respect a woman these days? <laughs> I call her katie in my head because i'm just like more familiar I, more, I think it's katie everyone calls her katie Oh, no, no, only, no, only Keller. And like, oh, it was confusing. Like there was a lot of nicknames happening, which we'll get into. But at one point she's like, I even let him call me Katie. <laughs> yeah. Is like a pet name. Yeah, it was a pet oh, name. Oh, I, so I didn't realize that. Everyone can call her whatever they want. I'm going to go with Katie. She gets to college in Minnesota and she's everything of the sort. She falls in love with um, a man named Keller who works at the coffee shop. She's also addicted to coffee. And Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, no, but like this was on another level. And She's part of the club. We find out throughout the book that she is terminally ill. She is dealing with knowing that she will be dying within the next few months. And she is the definition of living life to the fullest. 100%. So by the end of the book, she's fully in love with Keller and they're together and dating. And he, we find out, has a daughter and has a, secrets of his own. Gus, who has been in love with Katie since they were children, is also struggling with her sickness and eventual death. Spoiler alert, she does die at the end of the book, but that's not a spoiler because they told, us, they told us that she was going to. And so it's really the story of how this one girl impacted so many people and how what I took away from it was like how your attitude can change the lives of other people. And, and it's not always easy to be optimistic, I'm sure for Katie, who had been through like more than anyone I've ever known in my whole life. She was raised in a, an abusive home and she had an older sister with Down syndrome who she took care of. Her mom committed suicide and Katie was the one to find her hanging. And then she had cancer, went through all of the treatments, kicked cancer's butt, and then cancer came back. And and also her sister died. Oh, and her sister with Down syndrome died. So it's more than one human should ever have to go through in a lifetime, let alone in like the four years yeah. that it happened. And also... You wouldn't like for her to be the most positive character I've read ever read about in a book was really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. So that was the book. Now let's start with our overall thoughts. Snitch, it was a snitch's choice. We'll start with you. Did we like it? What did or didn't you like? I did like the book. I'm not. There's no. There was nothing not to like about it. 
everything was a little bit too perfect. And that's not me being cynical, but like, what are the odds that this like fabulous girl is so positive, has two of like the most epic guys in love with her who like love her to no end and have all the support. Like, it's just like, it seemed too perfect. And like, we were just supposed to believe that this could like be real realistic. And like, that was hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, the dudes, like I could, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. It was too much for me. But I liked the book a lot and I liked the story. And like, obviously I was blubbering like a fucking baby at the end. Like it was just, it's a very beautiful story. My only issue was that it just seemed to like all wrap up and like, it was just a little too perfect the whole way it was written. Do you know what I mean? And it was extremely predictable. I think like everyone knew it was going to happen. Like everyone just kind of got it. Except I will say I was not team Keller. I was fully team Gus. Oh, we're going to get into that. Bex, what did you think about the book? Did you like it? I mean, I've, fully appreciated the message I was I was loving the glass hat full you're able to put an optimistic spin on even the worst of circumstances I think that's a wonderful take-home message and something that we could all do a little more of each and every day and it shows you that even like the mundane instances of oh crap this is annoying situations you can put a positive spin on because there's someone in the world who's putting the most positive spin on the most horrible circumstances. So if they can do it, we can do it. And I liked that. However, I could not deal with the cheesiness. Like, I'm someone who can't deal with cheesiness on, like, a very basic level. It just, I'll call it out as soon as I see it. Like, I, I don't do those shows. I don't do those books. I don't do those movies. And so this was the epitome of that. And it was deeply challenging to get through. And I, I honestly, like, there was, like, I had to just, like, take a breath after every few pages. And I was like, I, I just can't. I'm not made for this. Yeah. So for that reason, I was not out, but I was slowly backing away. I understand. I understand. Dana? I truly hated this book. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You with did? every fiber of my being, okay. I felt like I was losing my sanity with each page that I read. I thought there was zero room for analysis. Everything was spelled out in nauseating detail. Even little things like me and Franco or whatever the band member's name was make fun of each other. But we don't really mean it. We <laughs> actually like each other and it is a joke. Like even those parts they felt the need to over explain. That's funny. I have to agree that the positive side of things is not an area that I usually delve in. So that was eye opening. And I found myself as much as I hated it at times feeling very tender hearted towards Kate. Like when something bad would happen, my heart would hurt for her. And I was like, why do I feel this way? I hate this yeah, book. But yeah. it, it even did that to me. Like, even when Clayton, who actually was amazing, yeah. mm -hmm. was getting bullied and, like, she witnessed it, my heart hurt almost more for her because she was so pure and genuine that, like, I didn't want anything bad to happen to her. Yeah. So I guess in that way, it had, like, an impact in somewhat of a positive mode. But overall, I couldn't. I couldn't okay. get through it. That's very fair. I did like the book. It grew on me when I first started reading it. I was not feeling Katie. Snitch and I always argue because I don't really like reading books about teenagers. And she had such like teenager attitude where she thought that she knew everything. And like just the way that she was talking. I feel like I talked that way when I was a teenager. And it was fucking annoying where you <laughs> just like really think you know everything. It's like that saying like there's no one wiser than the high school graduate or dumber than a college freshman like that was who she was and in the beginning it was really bothering me obviously the dudes were infuriating but then they grew on me like she did and I just started to realize even before we knew that she had cancer it was clear that she was sick in some way and I was just like she is a person through her actions like she is someone who is living every day like it is her last like there's no time to wait and I really noticed it when she was having lunch with her Clayton's roommate Pete and yeah 
he had the crush on the girl and she was like just went over and talked to the girl and I feel like for anyone else it's like okay tomorrow we'll play the seeds and then the next day you're gonna say this and mm-hmm. like it's like a whole week long like month long plan but she just like made it happen because tomorrow's not guaranteed for mm-hmm. her and that's when I started seeing th- everything through the lens of like what would you do and she just had like like huge fucking balls huge fucking balls like she just would say and do whatever she wanted to do like she was living like there was no tomorrow and I really respected that she walked the walk talked the talk and her actions matched up to the fact that like she was living on this really short timeline Mm -hmm. right so ultimately I did like the book I did like the book I liked the book I liked the book cool Cool. One thing that <laughs> killed me, though, were the underlined passages, which are meant to evoke depth and profundity. <laughs> I, I just want to read one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Discovering something new is like magic. Music is out there to be heard, and I am of the opinion that as many people as possible should hear it. All of it. Because music is powerful. It connects people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, it's condescending. Ah! Like, <laughs> yeah, that is honestly. the groundbreaking revelation that it was underlined by more than zero people that music connects people. Like, oh my God, just reading the highlighted passages, I think, gave me the most nausea because it was so <laughs> lacking in profundity that, like, it needed to be underlined to show something. And I wanted, I couldn't. I do. I like your, your perspective about living every day like it was your last because I think. I knew that something was wrong, but I didn't realize how terminally ill and how imminent the timeline was. Mm -hmm. So I didn't always have the lens of, oh, she knows that her time is running really low and therefore she's behaving this way because it's living life to the fullest because it could be her last time doing X, Y, and Z. So I do think that I, I could have shifted my perspective a little and been a little bit more appreciative of certain instances. But sometimes it just came off as condescending. And I was like, lady, I can't. Yeah, that's how I felt in the beginning for sure. But then towards the end. And I also really liked once we started to get like Keller's perspective. Yeah, I like that. And you see how other people see her. And she is just like this girl who has it all going on. Who's like socially cool and funny. And she makes you feel better about yourself. And she makes you feel comfortable. Oh, and she's fucking beautiful. Right. And Too perfect. Yeah, she was so perfect. But she was just... Someone you want to root for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, I like seeing her I didn't want to root for her. I didn't want her to fail. I was cringing at everything she said. And I do think my judgment shifted once we actually found out how sick she was. Because then it was easier to look back through the lens of like, okay, this makes more sense. Yeah. And I agree about Keller. I wish they delved more into his own story. We got it a little. But like, I think the point of having his perspective, because it was only him and hers in the book. And his was smaller than hers. Even when his, he was speaking, it was just about her and to praise how great she was. Like, I wish we got his mindset of his daughter and his fiance more from his perspective. Yeah, I agree with that. I personally didn't need more Keller. Like, it wasn't until they were literally <laughs> hooking up that I was like, oh, oh I he's guess. He's main character. I guess he's part of this book. <laughs> I just, in the beginning, was just like, oh, it's Katie and Gus. Duh. Duh. We, and Snitch and I were reading almost at the same percentage the whole time. So we would talk about the book along the way, which we've never done. And we were like, so who do you think is Endgame? Like, Keller or Gus? In the beginning, and I was like, Gus. I didn't even know. I was like, Kel- who? Keller? <laughs> like, it, it didn't even cross my mind. Like, when she walked into the coffee shop and she saw him, like, I, I don't know. I must have been, like, on oh cruise control. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because she was, like, making family members with everyone else in the coffee shop. Right. Like, it was so unrealistic. Right. Like, welcome to this coffee shop. Oh it must God, be your I, first I, time. You must be new to town. What is that? It's like a musical. That. By the way, no, but, like, it's, that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Even though, like, I know it's Minnesota, and so maybe things happen in, like, small it towns or whatever. It actually might happen in Minnesota. They are <laughs> yeah. so nice there. Okay. 
and she's so nice, and the bell, and the black coffee, welcome to the club. I'm surprised they didn't have a song. Like, it literally felt like everyone was going to burst out into song. Who's to say they didn't? Because music brings everyone together. Yes, music connects, connects us all. They, it connects. It does. Okay, let's and, get... Uh, she's passionate about it with her friend Gus. He's really cool. And of course, he puts out a solo album and it's on the radio the Yeah, and day. he's a huge star. But I'm not going to tell anyone that it's him and it's also me on the album. But he's coming to perform at this little school that you've never heard of <laughs> and I'm going on stage and I thought I could get away with you guys never knowing. Perfect. And I'm, and I'm and I not understanding why people are now curious about it. Like, it's almost offensive how far she went to cover it up. Yeah, oh like, I would be so lying. mad. I'd be like, why are you having a double life? Sis? I'd be like, why are you hiding? Yeah. Also, something, that, was, something that wasn't wrapped up for me was the royalties on the songs. Like, she played violin on one song and sang on another one of Rook's songs. And I think they become really popular. But it was never, like, sussed out in the end, like, what would happen to her cut from all of the music rights because her name wasn't on it yeah no but like it's she should still be getting royalties oh, I from agree. That. and so like she could have set up that fund for like stella's college fund by the way know. she well, might have she's so in, chill the, in the sequel the there's it's gus which i wasn't gonna read because i hate reading sequels that are like the other person's point of view of the same story but apparently that's not what it is i started it last night and i've read two chapters and it's literally like a continuation it's like the day after katie died from gus's perspective and so i think like, remember how Keller got that CD or whatever? So, like, he hasn't listened to it yet. Like, he refuses in the book. But I'm sure there's... She definitely does something. Oh, with her royalties. Yeah, or, like, we'll figure it out. Okay, good. I hope it's something like that. Because that was just, like, the one thing that didn't add up for me. Today's episode of The Redheads is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Right now, it's a very tough time for a lot of us, and BetterHelp is just a wonderful resource if you are looking to talk to someone or get help. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com book. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over the 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So, Redheads, you get a special offer to use BetterHelp. Get... 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash book. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash book. Okay, let's get into DBQs. There's not like too many document-based questions for this one, so I just want to talk about all of our experiences reading the book. First question, I need to know, did you cry? And if so, at what parts? I cried, I cried when she died. Oh, interesting. I weirdly cried. I think crying has to do with what you're reading, but also like where you are when you're reading it. Like, are you in a position to cry? So the only time I cried was when she was saying goodbye to the Rook bandmates after oh, they I cried, performed. Yeah. And it was like knowing that this is probably the last time they're going to see each other. Not sure, like they might see each other again. And I was just crying. But I also think I was just like in a crying mood. mood. Yeah. You know? I think I 
sort of teared up around there, but I really didn't cry. <laughs> she won't admit it. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I also was up. reading it like around people. I was around my family. Like I was on the beach. I was just like not really in a position to cry. And it was like midday. So yeah. it, it wasn't like a crying atmosphere. I said the same thing to Snitch. I was reading it like while we were all hanging out. And I was like, I feel like this is the part where I'm going to start to cry. So I just... I should wait to read it till I'm alone because I know I won't cry and I won't feel all the feelings if I'm reading it with like other people around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried I wouldn't have felt all the feelings even if no one was around because that's (laughs) just the shade of darkness that my heart is. I don't know, Bex. (laughs) You're so tender hearted. (laughs) I teared up at the funeral when they were reading all the notes. That was I thought that was powerful. And it really got me when Keller like drops to the ground after and is hysterically crying and his dad comes. Not so like... Oh my God, when the dad tapped his shoulder, I fucking lost it. Oh my God, I was not good. Yeah. That's so crazy. The letters got me. Yeah, the letters were good, but again, it was like very heavy-handed. Like there's, there was no stone left unturned. Like there was no lingering. What about this? What about that? Like she really no. I think the most tied lingering. up every loose end. But I think the most lingering thing for me in the whole book, which is maybe why there's a sequel, is like why didn't Gus and her date? Like that makes no sense to me. Like. She obviously, like, loved him, and he obviously loved her. Like, that whole situation didn't make any sense. he just doesn't do relationships. No, but he always kept saying he was, like, she deserves someone better. So maybe once I read the sequel, I'll figure out, like, what his problem is. Yeah, like, but, was like, he sleeping with girls while he was on tour? You know, or, like, after he slept with Katie, did he sleep with anyone else? Like, or, you know, maybe right. he, she, she deserves better because, like, he has a wandering eye, and even though he loves her so much, like, he can't trust himself when he's out on the road drinking, and maybe they're doing drugs, and, like, she doesn't deserve that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mind them not being together because it actually would have been difficult. But do you really think girls and guys can like be that fucking close that no. they like sleep together naked? I don't know. Red has guy friends. <laughs> How is it? Um, What's it like? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to do that, but I think that it's probably less likely than we think. I think yeah. if yeah. you cross over into that realm of intimacy then it obviously unlocks something deeper and Mm -hmm. you're not just going to ignore it. Especially they both admitted it was like the best nights of their lives. Like, I don't think that that is meaningless. Yeah. I don't think that we can just be like, you know what? Let's ignore it. Well, maybe if they had then been around each other physically, like afterwards, they would have hooked up again and it would have turned into a relationship in some way. But because of the distance, that was never a possibility. And so they could only have the emotional friendship, not like the physical relationship. Mm-hmm. So it, it made it so that it was never even an option, you know? Yeah. Which leads to our next question. Were you team Gus or team Keller? Snitch? I was Gus. You were Gus. I was kind of Keller. Yeah. I was Gus because they had such a history and she felt like the most amazing person ever. So when this guy comes in, knows her for three months, is like, the end-all be-all and like the one that everyone turns to when she dies I was like oh I don't think you deserve that like she's like a queen and you're the sorry people yeah I agree yeah I feel that in the beginning I was team Gus because I thought that's where it was going and then once I realized Keller was a viable option and we heard from his point of view how he was feeling about her I was like oh I hope she gives in to how she's feeling and that they are together and then once they got together I was like I love this for them Mm -hmm. The Gus piece, like, doesn't totally make sense. But then with Katie gone, it wasn't, like, your average love triangle when you know one person is dying. And I think that actually brought, like, Gus and Keller close. And I think they'll be friends forever. And Snitch, if you continue to read Gus, please let us know. I'll let you know on the next episode. Let us know if they keep in touch. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, okay, the description of this book says, quote, secrets, everyone has one. Some are bigger than others, and when secrets are revealed, some will heal you and some will end you. End you. Katie is hiding her illness, as we know. Keller is hiding his life in Chicago. Gus is hiding his feelings for Katie. What do you think of the secrets each character is keeping, and do you agree with their decisions to keep these things secret? I agree with all of their decisions besides Gus. Oh, I was going to say besides Keller. Like, I understand not wanting your life to be colored by an illness and wanting to just live as normally Ke- as you Keller? can. Keller? Do you mean Katie? No. I understand why she hid hers, Katie. Uh, I understand why Gus hid his love because he's on tour and doesn't want to deal with that. But I don't understand why Keller hid his daughter and his life. Okay. You said, you you said, said illness. illness. I get what you were saying. Katie, I understand oh, okay. why she hid her. Oh, okay, you're okay, taking okay. it from the top. Gus, you're taking I it from the top. Okay, 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 okay. But to Keller, I think could have been more open about his daughter, especially when he explained his reasoning for it, being like, she's mine and it's my life and I don't want anyone else to have access. Like, no, you still can have that. Like, no one's trying to access that in a way that's negative. Yeah, I feel that. And I also feel like, sure, he doesn't want to tell everyone he runs into on the quad that he has a daughter in Chicago. So it's not something he leads with. But when you're having, like, a meaningful friendship with someone, you don't need to wait until you touch down in Chicago. That was so (laughs) fucking weird. Why wouldn't he tell her? Oh, and like, she was you're like, going oh, we're going to meet his girlfriend. And I right. like, didn't question it for one second. He's holding my hand. This maybe feels inappropriate being <laughs> as we're about to meet his girlfriend. I was like, right. In what world? And I Why also- didn't she ever think to ask like, oh, who's, what was her name? Stella. Who's Stella? Yeah. Also, Shelly could have known, like Shelly and Duncan were clearly endgame. It's Duncan's niece. There right. was no reason why Shelly had to be kept in the dark. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I also, I, I understand why Katie hid her illness, but I was surprised to find out that Gus didn't know. I kind of assumed that he knew Me too. all along. Me Honestly, too. I, I don't really know why anyone held any of those facts in. I think that, and maybe it's just because I'm very forthcoming about like every detail in my life. Like I'm mm-hmm. like anybody who's anyone can know whatever they want about <laughs> me. Name it. I'll say it. So... And I just have, I, I think that that's like a nice way to live. And I understand that's not for everybody. So yeah. it was sometimes hard for me to be like, just tell the world, people. Um, so I was hopeful. I was wishing that everyone was just forthcoming. And they weren't, so. But I also think when they finally unburdened themselves, you can sense like. They all felt better. They all felt so much better, which I just think mm-hmm. is. Telling it of itself. Yeah, and that's often the case. You know, share your burden with someone, especially the people that you love and you trust. Totally. Okay, next up. Katie says on page 245, imagine for a moment that you were free of all the expectations in your life. What would you do? How would you live your life with no one watching? What would your future look like? Which I think is just, I'm not going to like ask you guys to answer. And this isn't there. Oh, I was ready. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, but I think that it is an interesting thing to think about. And I hope that for you guys and for some of the redheads out there, like this book does make you think that way of like, you're free of expectations. Nothing's guaranteed. Are you living the life that you want? I would have done exactly what she did and drive six hours to a concert. That's how that's I would exactly, That is exactly what you would do. That's right exactly what you would do. I would follow Kate. Yeah. Wow. That is very, very true. I thought it was interesting that she was spending her remaining days in college mm-hmm. taking finals. You know, like, I think I would have tapped out. A fucking greed. Why didn't she stay in San Diego and surf for the rest of her life? She wanted to go to college. I mean, when she's, like, on the quad and going to grounds and doing her thing. The and grand it, experience. And, yeah. And, like, in the cafeteria and meeting Clayton and like 
Pete. Those were the experiences that she wanted. She didn't mm-hmm. want to be in San Diego alone. Gus isn't there. Her That's sister's true. not Gus there. Isn't there. And I actually thought that was kind of cool because I could like feel the energy. It actually, I in my head when I like pictured Grant and Grounds, I was like Colgate was the scene totally. for me. Yeah, and yeah. so I totally understand that's how she wanted to spend her last few months. <laughs> that's the part you want to spend mine too. Yeah. Oh no, for me she was at Utica Street Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> That place had flies. I know. I never, I didn't even go down that other street of like what's on the other. I just saw like the main street of like Utica Street and the library. This is so boring for anyone who didn't go to Colgate. I would literally spend my last days going back to Colgate and driving to concerts. Exactly what she did. That's exactly what you would do. That is truly where I'll find you. Back to college. Yeah. Okay. Katie is the definition of living like there's no tomorrow as we as we have discussed. What is one thing that you learned from Katie or something that you'll keep in the back of your mind tucked somewhere? I really, really liked how nice she was to everybody because mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. almost looked at it as like a project or challenge to make people their best selves. Most notably, the mailman who is described as the grumpiest man in the world. But even when he came to her dorm... Her RA. Yeah, her RA. Yeah, he delivered um, a package. So he doubles <laughs> as a mailman. He doubles as a mailman. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot believe you thought he was a mailman. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. RA. Yeah. And he was so grumpy and she was just trying and trying and trying to like get in and lift his spirits. And he was like, I was busy. And she's like, I'm sure you were. Like, thank you so much. That resonated with me because I was like, okay, she is not just dismissing anyone who's a jerk to her first. She's going to like go all in and yeah. make sure everyone can live up to their best selves by being nice. Piggybacking off of that, I think it's like realizing like, how much of an impact you can have on somebody else Mm -hmm. so it's like if you like are kind or like make someone feel good like that could make like their whole day like if you just compliment someone yeah and just like being more aware of like I think how you treat other people like treating people with kindness I totally agree that was something that really came through when Clayton wrote her his letter to her yeah. for the eulogy at the funeral when he was like, you don't even know what I was going through when you came up to me. And like, even though mm-hmm. in the scene from Katie's perspective, he's kind of like standoffish and not like totally getting her, but it meant so much to him that she did that. Yeah. And he says that like she was his angel. And yeah. you, you do sort of start to think about what would college have been like for Clayton if not for Katie. And so I think that was one of the biggest takeaways is like treat everyone with kindness think about like what they're going through and know that you can have a a huge impact on them with just the smallest kindness yeah and I also appreciated that she lived her life not necessarily expecting anything in return from other people yeah and I think that that is something that the world could use a little bit more of it's so quid pro quo a lot of the time and she really was like I'll give you $500 random aunt that I just met oh my god while I have no money and at first I was like you're irresponsible. That pissed me off like, in the beginning. But she didn't expect anything in return. She didn't ask it for to for it to be repaid. She knew that this chick was going through something intense and was like, listen, I can help you if that's what you need right now. Yeah, so that was one of the storylines that didn't totally add up for totally. me. And I kind of want to ask you guys what why you think it was included. She had her aunt who, there was no reconciliation towards the end. We don't even know if Maddie came to her funeral, if Maddie even knew that she had died. And so I just want to get your guys' take. What do you think that contributed to the storyline? What did you make of that relationship? I really don't know. And I also thought that the way she handled like Maddie's like, problem was kind of like wrong the way she went about it like that whole storyline like just didn't 
make sense to me. I feel like she was maybe included to just add another example of how bad her family life was. Also another example of how much she can persevere despite everyone being terrible. She's always looking on the bright side. It was just like one more person that she can overcome their unhappiness with her genuineness. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I felt like Maddie and her roommate Sugar were both these like characters who were meant to show you that even when people aren't charmed by Katie or, you know, fall in love with her immediately, she doesn't treat them any differently and she'll always be there for them even Mm -hmm. though they steal her shirts and they like throw her shit all over the room. You know, like she took Sugar for her abortion, which was such a big thing for her to do considering they weren't friends and she gave Maddie the money which was such a big thing to do considering Maddie was not nice to her so I think they were just like kind of like character poised to show that Katie was a good person regardless of if she had something to gain from you yeah that's a good point um I did think that sometimes the scenes with Maddie highlighted like a juvenile aspect of Kate that I I didn't agree with like I felt like she was meant to be depicted as a bit more mature but the interactions with Maddie it it made her seem super young and inexperienced the way that she handled the bulimia was like what are you doing what's going on yeah I totally agree but I also (laughs) think it goes back to like Katie was sort of living in this like there's no tomorrow to fix this like there's a problem we're gonna fix it today and and even though I understand that coming from her perspective that's not how a lot of healing happens like these things take time and yeah. so I understood why Maddie was like get the fuck out of here like but I also understand why Katie was like and also Katie who is someone whose body is failing her yeah. is like why would you ever put your body through even more I think that was also the point of Maddie and Sugar like Maddie's body is not failing her but she's forcing it to and Sugar is willingly aborting life yeah. And Kate is unwillingly taking her life. So it was just like, okay, we have these two extremes of examples that Katie, if she could be in that position, would die to be healthy and not do that. So perhaps that was their role as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, something that I took away from Katie was her willingness to just like give forgiveness, period, no questions asked. Oh like my when, God, I could never. When Keller ruined that huge night for her, like, he oh was my hard. god! Oh I was my like, god! Oh, this is the big thing. How do we come back from this? I think her and Keller will never be together. Keller and Gus will never talk again. And then he said sorry, and Katie forgave him. And I was like, more people should do that. No, but like, I think that's why I have a bad taste in my mouth about Keller because like that was unacceptable. Yeah, that was not cool. No, no it was not. That was unacceptable. But it's interesting because she describes that willingness to forgive so easily as a way for her to assuage her own guilt because she hates the feeling of feeling guilty. So like, yeah, obviously the end result is still the same and forgiveness is good, but she was almost doing it for herself because she hated the way she felt when she, when things were bad. with. But I also think it goes back to this like time issue. It's like, there's no time to hold grudges. And if someone is sorry, forgive them. And she could tell that if she thought that Keller wasn't sorry, I don't think she would forgive him, but she knew he was sorry. Mm -hmm. And that's all that she needed. And it was definitely the time thing. Yeah. She was like, why waste my last months or whatever? Like, fighting with people like where I can just like love them especially people that she loves you know great now let's get into some of our redhead questions before we find out that Katie has cancer the author spends the first half of the book showing how good of a person Katie is by having her deal with hot topic dilemmas like abortion eating disorders homophobia sexual assault classism her disabled sister etc in addition to the classic hero background of not having parents Did you feel as though these topics were too blatantly forced into the plot purely to show that Katie is a, quote, good person? Did you feel like you really understood Katie's character in depth? Or would you agree that we all knew of her 
that all we knew of her was that she handled moral dilemmas heroically. I never even thought of it like that, like that it was like blatant and like just to show that she's a good person. So no. Yeah, I think a lot of those things that came up throughout the book are things that come up every day, unfortunately, yeah, and especially organic. on a college campus. So it did feel organic to me. And it also does go to show how Katie handles tough situations yeah one thing i loved actually one of the lines was at the very end i think it was keller's letter or the album that he was listening to of her voice was when she said that it easily could have gone the other way for her and she could have been jaded and given her family situation grew up as like a hard person but because of the love she received from her friends and gus and audrey she turned the other direction and i liked that message of like nurture over nature how you can overcome anything if you're surrounded by the right people oh i like that too and i agree with you but i also still feel like her commitment to optimism it's like this, if when you weigh the scales, Gus and Audrey on one side versus her mom, her sister, her illness on the other side, it's like, I still don't understand. Yeah. She's still like, like naturally, like nature wired her in a way to just be a good person in some yeah. way, because I, I think most people would err on the negative side. Agreed. 100%. Yeah, it was like superhuman. And yeah. <laughs> at moments I was like, what is going on here? I can't. I can't. Yeah, especially because when you thought you knew every, her story, then Gus and Keller talked, and Gus told Keller that not only did Katie's mom commit suicide, but Katie was the one who found her. Yeah. And up until that point, we didn't know how Katie's mom died, but we did not know it was in that way. So the story just continued to get more and more harrowing. And we yeah. learned late about the cancer that she originally had, that she went through chemo. Like, we didn't know that the entire book from her perspective. So you're right. We did keep finding out worse and worse things, and it just more attested to how You know what's so interesting is that we read the book on the bright side. Like, we didn't know anything else. We only saw everything through her. So, like, if you think about all these things that we were just finding out from other people's perspectives, we would have never found out any of this because she's always on the bright side. She's not harping on the bad things that have happened. She lives there. She lives there. She lives there. Okay, next Redhead's question. This Redhead says she much preferred Keller as a narrator over Kate. To be honest, she wasn't fond of Kate's character, especially in the beginning of the novel. Do you think Kate would have come off differently if the whole book was written from a different point of view, such as the Keller chapters? Or do you think Kate's story could only be told through her narration? I think it could only be told through her narration because she was so, like, perfect that, like, if it was just through Keller, it would have just been, like, this person's not real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but seeing it through Kate, it was... It was it irritated me at times because it was like you're like so obsessed with how you every interaction that you have and you you know how perfectly you handled it and you know how positively you spun it and like you're patting yourself on the back which is making me resent you a tiny (laughs) bit and whenever Keller spoke of her he clearly was so head over heels and and I was like, okay, like you're a, a sort of neutral third party who obviously is in love with her, but like it's making it more believable versus. Yes, I yeah, agree. That's fair. When it was her saying her piece, I was like, oh, she's so great and she really works hard to be optimistic. But then seeing it from Keller's side, it like completed the circle of how much she impacts people and like mm-hmm. everything that she's doing in her head is translating in real, real life. life. It's so much harder to be optimistic, I think, than pessimistic. Oh my god, I love being pessimistic. Oh, I mean, for sure. I live in. Have you met us? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think Keller's perspective like added that much. To be honest, me neither. I agree. Well, it did. I like 
And I guess I like this in romance books when like someone's crushing on someone else and then we hear from the other person yeah. and it could go either way. And I love hearing the confirmation and what he thinks of her. And it's like, actually he felt more for her than she did for him before they even kissed for the first time. Oh yeah. my God. His first scene where he sees her in the coffee shop and is in love. I read that like from her perspective. I didn't realize we switched and I was like, oh, this is going to be like a lesbian love story. <laughs> I was so Oh confused. my God, wait, wait, wait. I read, oh my God, I read that chapter and I forgot yes. about it. And I literally, that's why, oh my God, okay. That's why I was so confused about why Keller was a mainstay. I thought that that chapter was from Kate's point of Me view. Me too, Jackie. And I thought that she met this girl in the coffee yep. shop and she had a huge crush on her. Yes. And then I was so like, wow. Nice. I was like, this girl loves everyone. She loves her. That's what I thought they and were I doing. Really, I thought when, oh my God, that is so crazy. I just realized that yes. I was this, I thought that like she was coming to college. Clearly she had some sort of illness and she was going to live life to the fullest. Boys, girls we're going all out she's just a lover of people and now I'm realizing <laughs> that, that was, was Heller. <laughs> I had the literal same exact thought process after the book ended I didn't realize until I finished it similar to you just now and I again interpreted it as like oh she's just a lover of people like at <laughs> first I thought it was going in the direction of like she's gonna date this girl me too and then she dated Keller it was like oh she's just obsessed and with like, everyone she loves for, first I was like thinking she's with Gus and then she meets this girl in the coffee shop so she's with this girl and then she meets Keller and I'm like we're just, you know, getting it all in. I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, Katie. That's so funny. I wish I had realized that sooner. Oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder how many other, like how many redheads will be like, same. <laughs> I mean, really half crazy. the room that happened to, so. Yeah, 50% of redheads. That was amazing. That's hilarious. Okay, next question. I know that this wasn't the main point of the book, did you? but did you feel more pulled toward Gus or Keller as the story went on? I felt so torn the whole book, but eventually felt like she was meant to be with Keller. We talk about who, we, like we're team Gus or team Keller, but which male character did you prefer? I definitely preferred Gus. Oh my God, you and Gus are a match made in heaven. Soulmates. That's literally your man. I mean, the the historical context and dynamic that they had resonated. I was like, yeah, you guys are homies. You've been in it since the beginning. And then this this fella turns <laughs> up with three months left and, and we're supposed to give him all of our... Love, love and, and adoration. Hmm? No, I said love and support. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, it was just, I was all team Gus all the time. I like felt like it was unfair that he had to share. Me Kate, too. And they were OTP. Yes. Yes, but then also like Keller being so there for Katie, like allowed Gus to live out his dreams. Mm -hmm. And Katie was so well taken care of and loved for. And if she didn't have Keller at Grant and she was going through like these last months of her life, it would have been worse for her. And I think that made it easier for Gus knowing that she, she was there. Or with Gus him. would have been there. But it, it wasn't best for him to be there. Like yeah. he has his career. The way that Keller yes. in the end asked Gus if he was in love with her and he said yes, I would be curious as to what Katie's answer would have been because I kind of feel like it would have been no. Like I think oh, she would have been down. No, I think it would have been yes. I think it would have been yes because even like the first scenes where they're talking on the phone and it's kind of strained because they just had sex and that's how she feels at least. I got the vibe like, oh, she's more into him than he's into her. And then I realized, oh, he's very into her. Sure, he said it was like the best night of his life. But she's like so into him. I think she would have said yes. Me too. I wish we 
I think she would have said yes too. And maybe we find out. Yeah, in her in her CD. Maybe she says on the CD, "Gus, I love you." Well, should they always always say that? Oh, we know. Bye, bye. I love you, baby. And they also were so flirty with each other. She, oh my god, you look so hot with your haircut. Like they were into each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that they were. Yeah, he was. Yeah, agreed. Weird situation. Very weird. Next up. This reader says, can't say I enjoyed this book, but I thought it was interesting that there's a sequel called Gus and not a sequel for Keller. I found myself being Team Keller as I found his story more compelling. He was also straight up with Katie the entire time, whereas Gus literally slept with her once, blamed it on being drunkish, and didn't really try to pursue her afterwards, despite being in love with her. So I guess the question is, like, did you, would you want to read a book from Keller I feel like I read a book from Keller. Well, I just didn't know that being straight up with someone means hiding a child from them. Oh, (laughs) shots fired! (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel. And no, I... I don't think I care enough to read a, book, a perspective from Keller. <laughs> we, read, we read Keller's perspective. And, and I also like know what's going to happen for Keller. He's going to yeah. become an English teacher. He's raising his daughter. I hope he has a beautiful life. I don't want to read about I don't him. care about I it. I weirdly am having deja vu right now. Like it feels like we have had this storyline before. Really? Is it like maybe from Husband's Secret? Like did someone become a teacher? She as, hooked up with the teacher when she moved in with her mom. I don't remember anything about that book. Oh, there was, they had, like, there a, was one a past stand. book that like someone dropped their career and pursued teaching. teaching. Was it in five years? Remember, she was like a high-powered lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah, and she then kept being a lawyer. She ended up being a lawyer? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now I want to get to was it. Was Before We Were Strangers? Was it? <laughs> what was that one? Was it? Ju- NYU. Was it, was it Strain? Oh my god, yeah, that's <laughs> what it was. That's the teacher that I'm thinking of. It'll come to me. Proceed. Okay. Got it. Oh, was it nothing to see here? No, she didn't like No, she no. just like lived in the attic with two kids. Yeah. No, it definitely that wasn't nothing to book see was weird. here. Okay, um, think about it. Okay. Um, also, this conversation is reminding me of not a book we read for redheads, but what Alice forgot, where it's like book. this question, she wakes up and she went to sleep, like she woke up she had a coma so she missed the last 10 years of her life and so she woke up in 10 years and it's like is the life that you have now what you would have wanted 10 years ago like how would you feel about it if 10 years ago you were looking at your life now and I do feel that same sort of vibe where Katie asked that question like imagine if you had could be anything do anything that you want like is this what you would be doing mm-hmm. so just thought that was interesting <laughs> I think this part's gonna be cut okay <laughs> Next question. Okay, this might be a weird question, but did anyone else find it rude that Keller kept calling our dear Kate Katie throughout the book? Yes. Upon meeting at ground, she corrected him twice, informing him that her name is Kate. I was put off by the way he disregarded her. It really bothered me and maybe more than it should have. Do you think the author was trying to give Keller a nickname for her because Gus had one for her as well, Brightside? Was this a small way to level the playing field for the two men in her life? I honestly so agree with this, and it was crazy how irritated I was. Like, uh, up until the last page of the book, I every time I saw the word Katie, I was irritated by it because <laughs> she corrected him multiple times. And who is he to start calling her this name? He doesn't know her, and she's a Kate. Like, let's be clear about that. That's so interesting. And then he calls her Katie to, like, Gus, who is her basically family, and Audrey, and they're like, who's this dude coming in 
with with totally. knowing her for three months, calling her Katie when she's never been a Katie. Like it it really rattled me to my core. <laughs> I am so shook by it. Oh, that I wasn't so at crazy. all. I thought it, it was I, just like a I, flirtation I device. I mean, even right now, like we've been referring to Kate as Katie this entire book club, and like I'm like <laughs> boiling. Like I'm not gonna make a big deal because like this is our show. I, I didn't even realize that that was all happening. I feel like I this no book idea. played on like nicknames so much. Obviously, Brightside is her nickname. Even with Clayton, like she Catherine. called him Clay and Catherine. And I think the book, like this author is just into nicknames. That was weird too. And I, as, so a, great. as a nickname aficionado, respect it. Of course. Oh, I wasn't bothered at all. I thought he was just flirting with her and she secretly liked it and was being coy and playful. And she's like, stop, my name's Kate. But it was like not actually upsetting her. And I loved that Clayton called her Catherine because it just like mimicked his personality, I think, so well. I think she was just bullied into submission. (laughs) Oh my God. But also... That bitch does not get bullied. Did she say that her sister used to call her Katie? I think she referenced like she I, referenced something that yeah. Katie was like had sim- symbolism, right? So symbolism. I, so maybe it was just like <laughs> to show this special relationship between Keller, yeah. and Kate. It didn't bother me, but I guess because everything was like from her point of view, I never really like thought it about her crazy. name. It literally wasn't until fifty percent of the way in where I was like, "Wait, what's her name?" Because it's Brightside. And she's talking the whole time. No, her name is Kate. And it's Kate. Yeah, I guess each chapter is introduced as Kate. Maybe I'll pivot now. Why do they have to call her Brightside also in every conversation? Like, when I'm talking to you, I'm not like, Jackie, how are you? That's true. But when I'm talking to Snitch, I'm like, counts, counts, counts. (laughs) That's so fucking true. Counts, city, counts, counts. (laughs) You know, when you have a nickname for someone, you just want to say it and say it again. (laughs) Yeah. Counts, counts, counts. (laughs) Okay, those are the redhead questions. Now it is time for the moral of the story. And I actually think that when it's easier to find a moral of a story, that's like when the book is so basic, simple. And there are so many morals of this story. Who wants to go first? Snitch? I would say there's two. Live life to the fullest and treat people with kindness. Love it. Snitch, that's beautiful. Thank you. Bex? Always look on the bright side of life. Love it. Beautiful. Dana? Carpe diem. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Mine live like there's no tomorrow. Amazing. All derivatives of each other. Right. We should get bumper stickers made. (laughs) We should get bumper stickers. guys. Do epic. Do epic. You are brave, Counts. (laughs) This next segment is brought to you by Book of the Month. We love Book of the Month here at the Redheads. It's a super popular and fast-growing online book service for readers. Their mission is to promote new and emerging authors and help readers discover books they love. Their team vets hundreds of books each month and gives their readers choice from a curated selection of new and early release titles so you can spend more time reading and less time researching. Book of the Month is risk-free. You can skip any month, any time, and you will not be charged. Book of the Month is a perfect way to stay entertained and socially distant, which is why since March, thousands of Americans have signed up for the service. Plus, they have the best price for new release fiction. Start today and get your first book for just $9.99 with code book club so this month i chose the book anxious people i've heard such good things about it it just came out book of the month is so timely and they have all of the newest reads sometimes before they even come out so i'll be reading anxious people this month i'm so excited read along with me head to bookofthemonth.com and use code book club to get your first book for just nine dollars and 99 cents <laughs> okay now it's time for the hollywood treatment i do think that this could be like a ya movie that would be fabulous and so 
I had a lot of fun casting this. I think everyone did too. I'm really excited to hear your casting choices. And now we are posting the winning casting choices up on the Redheads Instagram page. So we're going to vote here who we like best for each character. Is everyone ready? Ready. For Kate, I had Madeline Klein. She is from Outer Banks. She plays the girl. And um, Sarah. Yeah, I'm not like 100% on this choice. Sarah, thank you. I'm not 100% on this choice, but I do think she could do a good job as Kate. Um, mine is Christine Froseth. That's the one. The winner. That's the um, one. She is from Looking for Alaska. She's from Sierra Burgess. She's from Society. She's from, am I missing a big one? I think, I think I you're missing a big one. Let me. Anyway, and she is so perfect for this role. Like she's just. She's it. She she's is, meant for it. Yeah. She's Kate. Uh, you think she's Kate until I say who really Kate is. Oh my God, please. Joey King. No. You're, uh, get no. out. Get, get out. out. <laughs> get out. 100%. No, Joey no. King is like so small and like, oh my God, let me be You just ruined the whole book for me. <laughs> I mean, the book was already ruined. <laughs> oh my God. I so disagree. Oh my God. I couldn't be more firm in my conviction that it is Joey King. There's something the blonde. Okay. It's not about hair color, but there's something so like fragile about oh. Kate and I don't feel that fragility from Joey King. Joey King is like 99 pounds and like bouncing around being BFF with like anybody who speaks English. Like it's, it's <laughs> Joey King. Oh my God. Okay. Dana. That's a really tough act to follow. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Get you're out, out, you're out of the club. I'm done. Okay. Taylor Swift is the essence of fragility. She wants to be friends with She's everyone. She's 30. <laughs> so it skews older in movies. That's actually She's true. She's also... <laughs> Not an actress. She's blonde. She's mm-hmm. so nice to everybody. Okay. She loves to forgive if someone will only give her the chance. Okay. She actually does not forgive, but um, <laughs> she buries hatchets, but she keeps maps of where she puts them. <laughs> but okay. You know what? You gave us an answer and it wasn't Billie Eilish. Move on. So that's good. Keller. I had KJ Appa with like that's a good bla- his original black hair, but it's very similar to the role he played in I Still Believe, mm. but I think he could do it again. Mine is Jacob Elordi. I was almost going to do that, so I think that's a good one. Mine is Chase Stokes playing off of oh. um, The Outer Banks. That's sketch. really good. That's really good. Thank you. Mine's Ansel Elgort. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if he's still working, but um, if he is. <laughs> he is. West Side Story. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> okay. Gus. I have Rudy Pankow, who plays JJ on Outer Banks. He has the blonde hair, and he's, like, so surfery. I have the answer. Oh, my God. Who's yours? Austin Butler. Uh, I get. Oh, yeah. Blonde I guess. Hair. When he has blonde hair. Vanessa Hudgens' ex. I had Alex Pettifer. But I also really like your selection, Jack. Yeah, because these people are really young. They're yeah. 19, 20, 21. So keep that in mind. And Rudy's like grunge, blonde. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Rudy on. as Gus at all. Like I can't see it. I see. You know, I'm going to post all of these to the Redheads Instagram and let the Redheads decide because I think we're all like feeling really firm in our Maybe resolve. not Dana's. Maybe and not Dana's. Like chiseled, I have the know? best one for this. Who? John Paul Jones from The Bachelor. Um, okay. I mean, I don't, like, I don't, I don't actually even, hate it. You no, know, it's like when Dana says something, it's like, I can't even think if, if it's good or not because it's coming from you. Like, I'm My sorry. Your reputation precedes I know. me. Your reputation precedes you. They told you I'm crazy. I just, like, cannot Taylor believe Swift. Joey yeah. did not land. No, if no. you knew Christine Frost, which I think that you probably have seen one or two things that she's in. Let me do a little she is. She is Kate. She's so smiley. She's so beautiful. Yeah. 
she could do the job. Did you see Sierra Burgess as a loser? No. You didn't miss anything. She was great, though. This girl is not giving me what I need. Oh, my I'll, God. You're we'll find wrong. me the right picture. <laughs> Did you watch The Society? No. Oh, my God. You should, even though it just got oh, canceled. Oh, actually, is that the one where they are um, in a town and all the adults disappear? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I started it. It's, it's good. so good. Yeah, it's eerie. It's eerie. Okay, now it's time for the overall Redheads rating of Brightside by Kim Holden. Snitch, you go first. Three, five. Wow. Okay. Bex? Two. Oh, fuck wow. you. Dana? 1.5. Oh, fuck oh, off. Oh, my God. Okay. Can I, I now raise I, mine? Now, no, yeah. it's okay because I was about to change mine, but I'm going to stick with what I gave it on Goodreads, which was a four. That's well, how I felt it about it. I felt four which means our overall Redheads rating for Brightside by Kim Holden is a 2.75. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, One is of them that our lowest be. to date? I think that's I really hope she doesn't date. listen to this episode. I no. know. The author. It's okay. She has a cult following. She has enough people that will come Yeah, there like, are enough Brightsiders. Like, we can be, we can uh, play devil's advocate every I now I liked then. it. So I have We're nothing the to hide. <laughs> I liked it too. Okay. Next up, let's talk about other books that we've read this month. Everybody's been loving this segment because everybody wants more recommendations from mm-hmm. us. So so share with us what you've read and let us know if you would recommend it. Dana? I had a pretty big reading month. I read The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. It was great. I rated it a 3.3. It's a mystery, which I don't usually like because I feel like I'm just skimming through the pages to get to the answer. But this one held my attention the whole time. Ooh. And then I'm reading a series by Elena Ferrante. It's four books of like Neapolitan novels. That's what it's called. It's so good. The first is My Brilliant Friend, which I rated a 3.9. The second is The Story of a New Name, which I rated a 4.1. And the third is Those Who Leave and Those Who Stay, which I rated a 4. There's one more in the series that I'm going to read after this, but it was fantastic. And very interestingly, it's a pseudonym. No one actually knows who the real author is. So I loved it. It's like very dense and extremely literary, but if you need a palate cleanser after this book, (laughs) it's, it's a good option. I might take you up on that. Snitch? Okay, so I only read, I'm getting back into the reading habit, but so far I've only read um, Beach Read. And um, can you remind me what it was about? <laughs> Gus, wait, was it another it Gus? It was Augustus, yeah. Something. Uh, Augustus, yeah, and the girl, and they're living next to each other, and they write about each other's genres. Oh, 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 I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I really can't Snitch remember. Snitch called me one night. And she said, can you recommend a book to me? And I was like, so honored. And I recommended Beach Read. And I'm just so glad that it worked but out. But I really did think that um, Beach Read like, was not the appropriate name for said book. I completely it agree. No it's sense. very popular in the redheads. Yeah, no. It, it, it's, it's such a good book. The, the title is not having anything to do with the book. It's very misleading. Yeah. Um, I wish I had more to say, but I just remember that I liked it. And I... I actually can't remember what happened. Snidge, you should read 28 Summers by Ellen Hildebrand, which I... I love Ellen Hildebrand. Yeah, you would really like it. It's good. I just started Perfect Couple by Ellen Hildebrand. I've never read Ellen Hildebrand before, but everyone tells me I would love her, and I read one chapter... And I just like, it's just me. Yeah. So. Oh, also, I just have an announcement to make because by the time this episode drops, Majesty by Catherine McGee will be out, which is a sequel to American Royals. I've read it because I'm special, but it is fabulous. And I think everybody should pick up a copy as well as Heartbones by Colleen Hoover is a new book that just dropped this week that I've heard is very good that I'm about to start reading. So those are just two little things I wanted to just like throw in there, you know? Cool. Nice. Bex? 
This month I read Ask Again Yes, which was which is by Mary Beth Keene. It's a coming of age story and it was phenomenal. Dana, yes. thank you for the recommendation. Should I read it? That yes, like Jackie. Me. It was read it. I love that. So an incredible character development. I've seen it everywhere. I don't know why I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it next. Read yeah, it. you would recognize the cover. That's how I had seen it. And and my mom had read it. Dana had read it. And it was worthwhile. It was so, so good. Um, and I I am in the middle of When We Believed in Mermaids, I think oh, it's I called. Oh, I read that. That's a Jackie really original. Good. Yeah, that's... Dana, like, doesn't love it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. It was certainly, like, a cute story. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. I made Dana read it because it's the first book I found just, like, on Goodreads by myself. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a good book because no one else has read it, but I liked it. It was already on my Kindle. So yeah. it was... Someone in my family has read it, and it's by Barbara O'Neill, and super, super good. I had to stop halfway because I was like, oh, crap, redheads. I got to get on <laughs> the bright side. Don't um, you love the way she describes food in that book? Yeah. Doesn't it make you want to sit down and have, like, a delicious Greek meal? Yes. And, like, <laughs> I feel like everyone describes food. And, like, she's so hungry, and she, like, grabs a banana. I'm like, I want a banana like, now. she eats good, you know? She's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the books that I read, I read Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner, which a lot of people have been reading, and I really liked it. The main character was like kind of annoying, and it was she was an influencer, the main character, and so it's a lot about like social media, hashtag, and like I can't, but <laughs> they also got a lot of things right, like influencer sponsored posts, and you know, like pay for play, and just a lot of different things that I did find interesting. So overall, I gave it a 3.5. I would recommend it. I've seen a lot of people are loving it and I really liked it too. It's also weirdly like a mystery sort of. And then the other book I read was The Comeback by Ella Berman and I loved it. It was a story of an actress who, um, it's like, in my head, she was kind of like Jennifer Lawrence, like an indie actress, like big time A-list Hollywood, but very private. And she leaves Hollywood for a year and goes back home to her parents because like she's dealing with a lot of things that happened to her while she was coming up in the industry. And it is a fictional novel, but it just felt so timely and current. And those two words mean the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really, really good. I gave it a four. I really enjoyed it. Which brings us to what I'm picking next month. Jackie's Choice, y'all. And I actually think the book that I'm picking is kind of similar to the book, The Comeback, which I just read. The book I am picking is The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes by Alyssa Sloan. It is a book that has been said is kind of similar to Daisy Jones and the Six. I think it's kind of told through like multiple different perspectives. It is about um, Sassy Gloss, who's the fourth member of a pop group in America. And she is now dead. She is dead by suicide. And it's the story of, I think the rise of the group and what happened in everyone's different perspectives sounds really good. I've I've seen some good reviews. It comes out September 1st, so it's very timely. Wow. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. I'm excited. I think we should warn readers that it's a little on the long side. Oh, yes. It is 426 pages. Yeah, which is so doable. But like if you want to start a few days earlier than you typically would have, we endorse that. Yeah, we should probably endorse it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for participating in another fabulous episode of The Redheads. Thank you to The Redheads for reading along with us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, like our page. No, we don't have a page. Join our group on Facebook, The Redheads Book Club. We love you all very much. Anyone have any parting words? 
Bye, y'all. Always look on the bright side of life. Do epic, guys. Do Do epic. epic. Bye. Bye.